Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So in the opening hour, this is what we learned. The Eagles hired a coach. Matt hates it. Notre Dame cheating its brains out, put on probation. Matt hates it. NCAA needs to fix the college football playoff. Matt hates it. I can say this. I like I like Doug Peterson so much more than than the NCAA. Well, the NCAA, the, the the deal with Notre Dame is absurd. I mean, it's absurd. It, it really is to make to make a big deal out of that. I mean, really, that is about as low level a quote violation as you can possibly have. Look, everybody across the board. There's so many rules stuck here, there, and it's just ridiculous. Okay, cash in McDonald's bags going to players or recruits. Now that's kind of a big deal. You know, there's certain things, cash, drugs, things like that. Yeah, they're all huge. Right? It's like there's certain levels. Uh, picture in cafeteria? No. Uh, just totally absurd. Uh, the NCAA has nothing to do with the college football playoff, zero. Uh, so they can't fix it. Uh, it's actually an independent Organization, The college football playoff is incorporated. Uh, the NCAA has very little to do with, with uh, FBS football. They have everything to do with FCS, which Bucknell's in, because they run the championship. FBS, they have no control over it at all. Uh, and obviously the NCAA basketball tournament, they do. Um, the Notre Dame thing, absurd. Nick Sirianni, I, you know, look, he's... Supposed to be an exciting young offensive mind. All right, now we're at a point like give him a chance. Let's see what happens. I mean, let's see what happens. And just because the last few coaches that have won Super Bowls are the veteran guys, all right, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't buy it up. No, but it, it sounds like uh, I mean, he, Ed's right. I completely agree with that. Three years, absolutely. Give them three years. Because they're going to have to transform a lot of their roster to get there. Our play-by-play call of the day is a reminder that Orlando still has a team in the NBA. This two free throws. The rebound is loose. Cole Anthony has races into the front court. He'll stop. Right angle three at the buzzer. is good. And the Magic have done it. They've rallied from 20 down. And the rookie, Cole Anthony, wins it at the buzzer. A right angle three. Unbelievable. They've snapped their six-game losing streak. They storm off the floor. And the Timberwolves come away with their 10th loss in 11 games. Well, I'll tell you, listen to that fake crowd noise go wild, huh? That was great. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the crowd they normally have in Minnesota. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, that's just brutal. (laughs) Brutal. Brutal, brutal. You know what? I would still take that crowd over the 
low-life NCAA committee. Oh, just brutal. You're talking about the the, um, infractions committee? Yes. For picking on ND. Give me a break. I don't uh, look. It's a five thousand dollar fine, right? Uh, it, you know, and there's a couple of other little things that that affect nothing. But publicizing it, what are you publicizing it for? You're acting like you you got some major pelt. I mean, you got accusations of cash in McDonald's bags in Knoxville, Tennessee. Exactly. If I if I were you, I'd swarm that one a little bit. They're the most kind of... low life, hypocritical group of people I have ever seen. There's so much wrong with the NCAA. But, yeah, we're going to pick on Big ND to show we got some muscle when you got Zipola. Well, what what strikes me about, uh, for example, there are certain basketball programs in this particular year that have said, we're going to self-impose a one-year postseason ban on ourselves. Really? Yeah, self-impose my rear end. Uh, hey, no, 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 no. It's not how it works, you know. Um, we're going to keep investigating, and you may get a lot more than that. In other words, it would be one of those things where I'm the NCAA, I'm looking at and saying, well, that's a good start. We're not done yet. Uh, and I would have put that statement out. That's a good start, but we're not done yet. Uh, and go from there. This, uh, we have self-imposed. Oh, for goodness sakes, really? How magnanimous of you. Uh, we'll see uh, about uh, where they go with this. Uh, a friend of mine who's in the broadcasting business uh, did a lot of work in Indianapolis and had friends that worked at the NCAA. And there are a couple different floors, I guess. You know, there's the, the bottom floor and there's the the second floor is where the executives are. And he told me, he said his friend, really good friend of his that, that worked in the NCAA building, he said, there are so many people inside our building that really deeply care about intercollegiate athletics, deeply care about, quote, the student-athlete. He said, but the disconnect between the first floor and the second floor is tremendous. Now, that's you know a story that I got a couple of years ago from somebody in the business I like and trust. He wouldn't just make it, make it, make it up. I'm not going to say who it was. But he said his friend who works there says look you know and he worked on the first floor he said the disconnect between the first floor and the second floor is tremendous he said we have a lot of people in our building that really deeply care you know and and I think it's important you know that the cheaters of the world in South Bend are caught and <laughs> These are your people. I self-impose not to have a steak tonight. Thanks, NCAA. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, I think I'm done now. So the Steelers are going to sign Dwayne Haskins uh, one year. I think it's a one-year deal. It's the NFL minimum. Uh, this is the equivalent of the Saints signing Teddy Bridgewater, the Saints signing Jameis Winston. That's what this is the equivalent of. 
uh, for Dwayne Haskins going into Pittsburgh, he's not going into Pittsburgh with the idea that he is going to be the starter. He's going in with the idea that he'll be the backup, be around Ben Roethlisberger, and not have the pressure of playing. He'll have the job of observing as to, you know, about working around a veteran. Now, in Washington, he had that great veteran in Alex Smith, but the difference was is that Haskins went into the season with the pressure of being the starter, then lost the job. This time he'll have not the pressure of being a starter, but the, but the position of being the designated backup and see whether he benefits from it or not. Uh, for the Steelers, it's a low-risk move. I mean, what the heck? You're, you're bringing in a... And I, this is something I've said once. I've said it a million times. If you're a top three-round pick in the NFL, you do have to play your way out of the league. If you're a fourth, fourth to seventh or a free agent, to get that second contract, you, you really have to play your way into the league. It's really done by performance. You're one to three. You're going to get more shots uh, either with your team or around the league people are not going to give up on you very fast and that's where he is uh, I, I expect nothing from him nothing One thing about him, when he's in a clean pocket, he normally performs pretty well. The problem is in the National Football League, there aren't a lot of clean pockets. It's when he has to make quicker decisions or has to move a little bit, now he gets into into not just a little bit of trouble, but deep trouble. And that's what I noticed about him at Ohio State. And I said that on draft day. I said, look, clean pocket, dirty pocket. Clean pocket, at Ohio State, you know, the Penn State-Ohio State game, when he had a dirty pocket, he really struggled. When he had a clean pocket, he did okay with it. And that has continued, by the way, into the NFL. That hasn't changed. But it's not a gamble. It's not a gamble at all for the Steelers. He's, he's going in at the NFL minimum, and... His job is to be Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Blaine Gabbert. Right? Blaine Gabbert was a first-round pick. He's Tom Brady's backup. Okay? Okay, Chad Henney. Second-round pick, still in the league 13 years later. He's Patrick Mahomes' backup. Now, Matt Barkley, who's been around the league a little bit, was not a high draft pick. He is Josh Allen's backup. And Tim Boyle out of Eastern Kentucky is Aaron Rodgers' backup. And you probably, all of you out there, think I have some sort of illness that I actually know all four of the backup quarterbacks. That is mighty impressive. But that is... But that's that's where that's where he's going to be. He's not being brought in to be the starter. He is not being brought in to be the heir apparent. You're you're a Steeler organization that is sitting there, and you're saying to yourself, "Okay, where we're drafting, where are the Steelers going to draft? What twenty 
five, twenty six, twenty seven, somewhere in there. In all likelihood, they're not going to get the quarterback that they want at 25, 26, 27 with a 12 and 4 regular season record. You're just not going to. Maybe they draft 20. You're not going to get what you want at that spot. I mean, it's very rare when Dan Marino drops down to what was Marino? 26, 27 the draft? I mean, that just doesn't happen that often. Steelers are the 24th pick, by the way. All right, well, who's going to fall to you at 24? So you bring in a guy like this that you think can fill the breach. You've got Ben Roethlisberger back as your starting quarterback. A guy at least has played some. It's young. I think they get a chance to find out firsthand what, if anything, he has in the tank and if he has the ability to play at game speed in the NFL. But he's also going to Pittsburgh really with no expectations. What are his expectations? None. There are no expectations for him in Pittsburgh. See, in Washington, as the first pick, there were expectations. He also will have a better receiving core to work with. McLaurin, by the way, is a special player. I think McLaurin's really good. I also think Thomas, the tight end for Washington, is better than the tight ends for the Steelers. But the collective group of Johnson, Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster, that's a better collection of wide receivers total than he had at Washington. McLaurin could play with any of the guys on the Steeler roster. He can play with any of them. Thomas is probably better than the tight ends the Steelers have on their roster, but the collective group of wideouts for the Steelers is better than what Washington had. But he's also a quarterback that needs protection. He is not somebody who is creative uh, under pressure. So one thing is the part about Patrick Mahomes I admire so much and just love I love watching both Mahomes and, and Rodgers play. Love watching them. Because they become so creative when the play breaks down. Their footwork and the quickness with their footwork while still having the ability to look downfield. I, I just find I find that part remarkable. And I think some of the more entertaining plays that we see in the NFL are the ones where in a lot of ways it's ad libbed and creative. And that's Rodgers and Mahomes. Haskins is not that kind of quarterback. He needs nice, clean. And when he is, he, he plays well. The problem is when the breakdowns happen. That's why I'd say that Carson Wentz, I think when Carson Wentz is going pretty well, he can be that kind of guy that's creative a little bit. It's just right now you're so blinded with your hate that you just forget what he did for you. <laughs> No, I remember, and you're totally right. And maybe Nick Sirianni will be the guy that writes the ship here. Well, that's got to be that's got to be one of the first phone calls he makes. Let's face it. 
call call your wife. I got the job. I accepted. Good news. Second call, Carson Wentz. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. I think you know that uh, they're talking about they're going to put in a mini casino here in uh, the State College area. They're going to start building it here soon and probably be open a little more than a year from now. I told the suit about it, and the suit was telling me he's an expert on counting cards. I said, I wouldn't say that out loud. I just don't. (laughs) Worries me. He'll be the first in line. He said, I love to count cards. Like, what? (laughs) You can't say that. They won't let you in. Brags about stuff he shouldn't be bragging about. Just, Just telling him. So what we got, uh, Shikalimi and Sealens Grove wrestling tonight, huh? Correct. Rally right. in the Valley. Big rematch from last year. So Shikalimi won last year, huh? Uh, Sealens Grove did last year, yeah. Oh, Sealens Grove won last year. Yeah, ah, first time in good. years. So this is the big rematch. Tremendous. And where is the location of said backyard scrap? I believe it is at Sealens Grove. All right. And you'll be able to watch as well as listen. You'll be able to watch on our new WKOK Sports YouTube channel. Great. Okay, that's uh, that's tremendous. That's tonight. All right. Uh, looking forward to that. we got a big show coming up tomorrow, which we're looking forward to as well. So that'll be big show tomorrow. Uh, the... the the three of us only have three, uh, two games to pick, correct? Or are we doing more than just two games tomorrow? I haven't heard from the Kings, so I'm not sure. I don't know if we'll start mixing in some college hoops or what. I'll have to find okay. out. Uh, the NBA has a problem right now. The NBA at the moment has – they've had 16 games were postponed, and they don't uh, – they're not sure how to handle it. Let's see. Let's see. Here's the Haskins deal here. Uh, One-year contract with the Steelers. There you go. That's fine. What's the risk? There is no risk in a one-year contract with the Steelers being Ben Roethlisberger's backup. No risk. Zero. Then there's the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell, their new head coach. 19-minute opening statement. This place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised. And I could sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, hey, we're going to win this weekend. None of that matters, and you guys... Uh, don't want to hear it anyway. You've heard enough blank over the years. Excuse my language. Here's what I know. This team is going to take on the identity of the city, and the city has been down and has found its way to get back up. All right? I saw that. That was awesome. He says, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. That's going to be our mentality. 
His name plate for his office in the building, Dan Campbell, head coach backslash the dude. We're going to kick you in the teeth, right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up, and we're going to on the way up, and we're going to bite a kneecap off. I have to say that's a rather animated press conference. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. We're back here on the Steve Jones Show. Back at Trillo here with you. Steve just had to step out for a quick sec. He will be back in just a quick second or two here as we continue here on the Steve Jones Show. And been talking a lot about the Eagles' new head coach, Nick Serrani, the former Colts offensive coordinator, talking Steelers as well, signing Dwayne Haskins to a cheap one-year deal, Notre Dame sanctions, that just got announced here and there, very minor, putting the, the school on probation for some minor recruitment violations, which, as you know, I, cry, I cried foul on there. And so we're touching on all those topics here. 1-800-795-9565 if you still want to get in and join us. Just going back to the Eagles coaching search, yeah, I'm starting to get a little more sold on this. And as I said before, I think the biggest thing to look at for now for – Nick Sirianni is can How he much fix Carson him? Wentz? <laughs> no, it's just, it's again. I think he has to. The most important thing for him to do right now is to win the press conference. And by winning the press conference, he'll win you. And then you'll have peace of mind <laughs> until the first loss in September. <laughs> yes, I will be very interested in that press conference, though. I look, he'll be fine. He'll get out there. He'll, I'm sure, he'll do a good job. I mean, here's the here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this: the Eagles now need to make identify what they need to do with the current personnel. And the coaching staff will be fine. If you know, one of the things I would do if I were Nick Sir, Sirianni, one of the first things I would do is I'd reach out to Deuce Staley and I'd try and keep him on the staff. Because I think that would be good for the continuity of the organization if he did that. And I also think it would be good for the Eagle fan base that he did that. That's step one. Does that meet with your approval? Totally agree. Next up, the Eagles need to identify, in reality, who they want to bring back. In other words, who don't they want back? All right. So once you've identified who you don't want back, that then tells you positionally what you need to do, which then brings you to the next step. Who is available in free agency? Free agency is not the be-all, end-all in the NFL like it is in other sports. Free agency in the NBA, huge deal. Free agency in Major League Baseball, Somewhat of a big deal. The NFL, the NFL free agency, for the most part, is filling gaps. So the Eagles need to sit down and look at their positions 
and say, okay, let's start going through some free agents and see who fills gaps for us on our roster. You're not going to be able to fill every gap through free, free agency, which then brings you to the next step. Because of what we just did in free agency, based on gaps, now who do we, who do we draft? And that's how they have to go about this. That's how they have to go about it. They have the coach, which now will help them identify what his philosophy is based on the roster. Then you have to determine, who do I want back, who's not going to come back? Then you start determining, okay, how can I fill gaps based on who's available in free agency? Can't fill them all. And then after you're done with that, getting as much as you can get out of it within reason, then you, then you attack the draft. The draft will then, free agency will then tell you what you still need to address in the draft. That's really the simple process of what the NFL is. Combine, the combine in Indianapolis is not going to happen, but what's going to happen is that these combines are all going to be at individual campuses this year. And that's what it's about. That's, I mean, that's how you have to go about it. And the Eagles are going to have to go through their process. Now, if you leave it to Matt, there are 53 guys. He wants 50 out. Fletcher Cox, still good with you? Oh, absolutely. Hargrave? Uh, yes, because I think he finally started coming on late in the year. And... Lee Jackson, yes. Brandon Graham, yes. Miles Sanders? Oh, of course. He needs to be used more. That'll be one of my other checkpoints here with Nick Sirianni. Because once you get Wentz, hopefully once you get Wentz fixed, if you do, run the ball. Use Miles Sanders. If you go back and watch the tape from this whole season of what went wrong with this team when he does that, you didn't get the ball enough to 26. Then you'll like uh, Nick Sirianni because they use Jonathan Taylor a lot. They did in their offense yes. as they went along. They used Jonathan Taylor a lot, and then the, what the kid from NC State is a really good receiver. They used both of those guys a lot. The running back spot was very important in the Colts' offense this season, very important. And as the season went, they used Taylor more and more and more. And I'll tell you the the running back that. Uh, out of NC State, he is. You know, I give him credit. That that guy is one of the guys that legitimately runs routes out of the backfield. He's a, he's a tough cover. And, and you have to have guys able to do that 
Dickie Milton. Dick, welcome. Thanks so much. It's so great to talk to you because the guy I've been talking to is, I mean, he doesn't like anything. Well, I had a question for you. You were talking about the Eagles hiring a new coach, and then you said, and then you said about bringing the guy in from the Colts and, and two different types of quarterbacks. My question wasn't about the pros, but in college. For example, at Penn State, uh, when they bring in, bring in a new offensive coordinator, they've already got a whole bunch of players in there they've recruited to run an offense. And then they bring in a different offensive coordinator who maybe doesn't play the same system. Do you, do you, do you want the, the, the players to actually follow the new coach, or do you want the coach to actually kind of coach the, the way the players have been playing? I guess that's my question. That's, that's an you excellent understand? question, yep. Dick. Yep, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. What you have right now is that you have, in watching the Oklahoma State tapes, and I've watched three of the Texas games, the Penn State quarterbacks fit how the offensive coordinator plays anyway. So it's not it's not going to be dramatic uh, in terms of the quarterbacks having to adapt to him or him having to adapt to quarterbacks. Because based on what I've seen stylistically, the quarterbacks at Oklahoma State, because he was the offensive coordinator for six years there, last year the OC at Texas, it really does fit already how Penn State plays. So it's not... Uh, so, and that's really a good question because a lot of people haven't sat down, you know, because I have time to watch tapes. Uh, it's part of the job. So it won't be a big. Uh, it won't be necessarily a big adjustment for the Penn no. State offensive backs and, and right. receivers. Right it, now, what could be an adjustment though, Dick, is I don't know what terminology they want to use. Understand. Mike may, Mike might have his own terminology, or does Mike Yurcich have to then, like? use some of his terminology because it makes sense to him, but also use some of the terminology the players are used to because because they're comfortable with it. So it's going to be uh, whatever the terminology of the offense is is going to be really important to determine how he wants to communicate plays with them as to how much it's from their old system or systems and how much is how he likes to call it. I guess my question, actually, uh, I'm not sure this happened at Penn State, but I've seen when they bring an offensive coordinator in, and he actually they recruited kids to run his offense, and then he comes into a new college, university, and they were they were kids that they recruited to play completely maybe different offense, and he doesn't, and then he exactly. tries to fit his offense to the, those guys. I guess that's that was my question. Ex- ex- exa- exactly, and that's that's why it was interesting that when Joe Moorhead came in. Christian Hackenberg was on his way out anyway. So Joe Moorhead got to play exactly the way he wanted to play the game because Trace McSorley was there. And McSorley fit to a T how he wanted to play. If Hackenberg had decided to come back for his senior year, it would have been interesting to see how Joe Moorhead coached him because that's not how Joe played at Fordham. Yes, I uh, and, saw him at Fordham a number of yeah, times at Bucknell. He's yeah. excellent, excellent offensive coach. Yeah, and see, he didn't have to make that change because Christian Hackenberg opted for the NFL draft, and Trace McSorley, it turned out, fit exactly how Joe wanted to play. So I didn't get to see that kind of dramatic transition that you're talking about. Well, you know, you guys started talking about the Colts, with, and, and then obviously Philadelphia with two different types of uh, quarterbacks, obviously. So right. I don't, and pros is a little bit different than college, obviously, when you're doing that, I could think, I would think. 
It, dep- it depends because Brissett plays the game a little bit differently than Phillip Rivers because he can move. So you could put in a quarterback draw with him. Brissett also has a better arm. So you might call more deep shots with him than you would with Phillip Rivers. And he had to operate on that Colts staff with Brissett as the starter one year and then transition to Rivers with mixing in Brissett once in a while. So they they brought different skill sets to the table. He utilized both skill sets. That's why when the Colts drove down to the one-yard line at Buffalo in the playoff game, they kept Rivers in the game and didn't bring Brissett in. And I was surprised by that because that had not been the Colts' pattern during the season of utilizing Brissett in short yardage. They kept Rivers in, and they ended up only getting a field goal out of that. Um, I have one other question. I'm going to let you answer that. I'll hang up. Is, is you think the Chiefs would take a chance in playing a guy that's worth that kind of money if he wasn't 100 percent healthy? If he is cleared it, it, by the if he is cleared by the medical staff, and, and the medical staff is going to make the whole call on this, Dick. If you're cleared by the medical staff, you're cleared, and it's not a it's not a it's not a case of Andy. Coaches have very little control now over, hey, come on, he's playing, right? Now, they do have control over whether to not play a guy. They do have that control. But if he's cleared, and he has practiced the last two days, may have been limited, but he's practiced the last two days. If he's cleared, then I think you feel good about it, but you don't run a you don't run a uh, down-the-line option play with him, though. <laughs> Understand. So yeah, I think well, it's, it's I all. I was kind of hoping it, Buffalo would win anyhow, so it's irrelevant. It's a two-part process, Dick, and it's interesting. In the two-part process, one of them doesn't involve the coach. Does the medical staff clear him? And number two, does he clear himself? In other words, he looks over. He says, "You know what? I don't quite feel right." I wonder if they do uh, the five-step protocol for concussions, if that's what it was in, in pros, like they do in college. I think it's pretty similar protocol uh, between. Yeah, I wasn't the two. sure about that. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty extensive because look, like they have to make sure. And if you're a medical staff, what's the last thing you want to do? You want to clear the guy, and he's not quite cleared, and all of a sudden something happens, and guess what happens? You lose your job, organization gets sued. I mean, there's just so many things that. You have to be so careful with this. And they, as you said, you're right, Dick. He's the franchise. I mean, he's the franchise. Uh, but if they say he's good to go, and then Mahomes says he's good to go, then he'll play. I'm kind of wondering what the bookies will, uh, how they'll play this all the way to the end. They might not announce oh, him until Saturday oh, or whatever time he plays. Who knows? Till, till the hour, yeah. I mean, in fact, I'd be, I mean, I wouldn't take it off the board. I wouldn't take it off the board because you need the action. But, I mean, there are a lot of people thinking Buffalo's going to win anyway. Uh, we'll see. Well, anyhow, that was my two questions for today. Thank you. A- Excellent. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. 
SMZ has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock, starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top-selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250. And slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of Central Pennsylvania for over a century. Hurry, sale ends Monday the 1st. So there was this um, fun little item in Golf Digest. Guy says, I'm playing my opponent who marked his ball with a silver dollar. Only he always would remark it, and he'd do it over and over again. Each time, in my estimation, he moved it closer to the hole. He did this on every hole. At one point, he asked me on one hole, who was away? And my response was, it depends on how many more times you intend to mark your ball. He got the point. Didn't occur again. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Oh, man. They had some great stuff in here. Uh. (laughs) Uh, In the summer event, I was in a foursome featuring a notorious cheat whom we'll call Rick. Actually, that is his real name. I'm just leaving him in because he's such a rat. (laughs) (laughs) Putting his mark in front of the ball, patting down rough, fudging high scores, the works. I always figured these stories were fabricated. Teenagers are prone to such tales, after all, but discovered that afternoon they were all too real. On the eighth hole, this individual in question blows his drive right, uh, right of right. Uh, the ball bouncing into the heather. While I and the other guys who are in the group are looking for his ball, we hear whoosh from 50 yards up as Rick miraculously finds his ball. And wouldn't you know it, it was a perfect lie to make a run at the green. No, hey, guys, I got it. A home run, uh, a hit and run if there ever was one. Perhaps it was a call to justice or more likely that I was having a pretty bad round myself. I decided let's have some fun and yelled, you hit the wrong ball, it's back here. With a look on his face that conveyed his hand had been caught in the cookie jar, he began complaining that the sun was too bright and he shouldn't be penalized for not being able to identify the ball. No defense or rebuttal, immediately into an excuse. I responded, actually, I didn't find your ball. We just knew you didn't hit the right one either. He didn't say a word and finished the hole with a drop ball and walked off. The scary part? The dude is now a lawyer. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh. I heard this anecdote recently years ago and a member guest at a pretty well new New York club a guest couldn't find his first tee shot on a blind par 3 hole. The foursome looked everywhere for the ball find finally finding something in the high grass. Yep, that's mine the guy proclaimed. He managed to hack his 
ball out of there, then chipped a 40-feet line three. Someone in the group took out the pin, and sure enough, the guy's actual tee shot was actually in the hole. It was a hole-in-one. Needless to say, the guy didn't get invited back. <laughs> he couldn't find his ball, so he, he cheated and played another ball. Turned out his ball was in the hole. <laughs> That's when you know you're in deep do. <laughs> That's exactly uh, I right. Found, I found it. Uh, yeah, so do we. It's over here in the cup. <laughs> that could happen with the Purdies next year? Not at our group. <laughs> I mean. Now, I will say this. The suit who struggles on the golf course is as honest as honest gets. No, seriously. If he hits, yes. a, he hits a bad shot, he hits a bad shot. Whatever, you know. Now the problem with him is uh, there are two. There are two things. No, actually three. <laughs> well, now it's adding up. <laughs> One is okay. The chutter thing and chutter statistics. I'm sorry. No, I don't need a running. I don't need the stats on the chutter. Number two is that he. Um, he gives a running commentary of his round as he's going. Right? Don't need that. I'm a witness. I can see you hit it to the right near the near the uh, near the uh, stream. I got it. Yeah, I know. I heard it hit the bridge and come back at us. Don't need your commentary. And then the last one is he wants to be the one to make all the shots and is disappointed when a member of his team makes the shot. Um. It's a team game. Aren't you happy that we <laughs> we just birdied? It's not easy as a team, let alone an individual. But in terms of honesty, he's as honest as honest gets. The suit? Yes. On the golf course? Incredibly honest. Oh, I accidentally tapped it. Right. Okay. You didn't have to say that. None of us noticed that. But he's no, seriously. Like, you know, he's done that. I accidentally, I accidentally touched the ball with my putter. Oh, okay. That's honest. <laughs> <laughs>